Have you ever hung up a picture or a shelf on your wall and you took a step back and it looked askew or off-centered? So you went back to fix it and you're feeling really great about it, really good. You take a step back again and it is still off-centered. And you realize, this is why my mom never told me I would be a good construction worker. Amos chapter 7 verses 8 through 9 says, Thus he, who is God, showed me, Amos, and behold, the Lord was standing by a vertical wall with a plumb line in his hand. The Lord said to me, What do you see, Amos? And I said, A plumb line. Then the Lord said, Behold, I am about to put a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. The high places of Isaac will be desolated and the sanctuaries of Israel laid waste. Then I will rise up against the house of Jeroboam with a sword. Let's look at the book of Amos in context real quick. Amos was a herdsman or a shepherd and he grew fig trees. <laughs> God calls Amos to go and prophesy to the people of Israel whom the Lord is grieved by. For at this time in their history, Israel was having a great time of success and wealth but they were bankrupt spiritually. They worshiped pagan gods. They exploited the poor and turned away from righteousness. And so God sends Amos to prophesy to them, urging them to return to the Lord and in turn return to righteousness and justice. However, these pleading words do, do not move them to return to God. And thus we find ourselves in chapter seven where God is saying, I'm going to put up a plumb line. And before this, God shows Amos two other images. Altogether, he shows him three. The first one was a swarm of locusts that the Lord will bring upon the land. However, Amos pleads with the Lord and says, please, God, you know, the, the people won't be able to take this. The land will be devastated. And so God relents. The second image God shows Amos uh, was a fire that would consume the farmland. And Amos again pleads for the Lord to not do this. And again, God relents and he doesn't. Then God shows Amos an image of a plumb line and he declares that he will not relent any longer. And the plumb line will be there to uh, weigh his people. He's going to measure his people. So when reading this, we must seek to understand one, what the plumb line is for. Also, we need to critically think about the text and examine if there is any parallels from Amos time and ours. And lastly, we need to understand what the Holy Spirit wants us to gain from this passage. First off, a plumb line or a plumb bob, uh, as it is called today, is a construction tool used to ensure a structure is vertical or true. It's a measuring tool. It's a weighing tool, uh, as I said just moments earlier. And it, it looks like a brass ice cream cone <laughs> it's a brass cone and it has a string that's tied to the end of it um so basically it's a string with a weight attached to it uh you attach the top of the string uh, to the structure that you want to measure and the tip of the point of the plum should be exactly aligned with the string if it's not aligned then the plum bob or the plum line it would be askew so in the text god is setting up 
a plumb line in the midst of his people. God is going to measure and test to see if his people are vertical and true. In context of the chapter, God is measuring to see if his people are righteous and just to see if they are aligned with him because there are some unrighteous things that were happening as people were turned away from. Him. So he's like, I'm coming to measure and see if you are righteous and just if you are uh, true and aligned with me and my judgment is coming with me. So my question to you is this. If God were to set up his plumb line now to measure if you are righteous and just, if you are aligned with him, would you be found vertical and true or would you be found askew? Let's answer three questions so we may all assess if we are in right standing with God. The first question then is, what does righteousness look like? I have found a really fun example in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 5 through 9 says, If a man is righteous and does what is right and just, if he does not eat upon the mountains, prideful, or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not defile his neighbor's wife or approach a woman in her time of menstrual impurity, does not oppress anyone, but restores to the debtor his pledge, commits no robbery, gives his bread to the hungry, and covers the naked with a garment, does not lend at interest or take a uh, uh, any prophet which withholds his hand from injustice executes true justice between man and man walks in my statutes and keeps my rules by acting faithfully he is righteous he shall surely live declares the lord god or if you want to break it down in more simple terms you can sum it up in this the ten commandments <laughs> this is an, this is an example of what righteousness looks like perfection it looks like perfection, being perfect in all of your ways, <laughs> which we know we are not. So if God is coming with his plumb line to see if we are righteous and just aligned with him and we know that we are not perfect, that we uh, that we do lie, that we do steal at times, that we do covet, that we do have adulterous thoughts, that we have hatred for another within our heart, then, oh my God, then what can, how do we become righteous? How? Well, I'm glad that you asked how do we become righteous because that's the second question. How can we be righteous? Well, we need to realize, one, that our righteousness, our own righteousness is as filthy rags. We cannot work to save ourselves. We do not become righteous by doing good deeds. Romans chapter five, verse one says, therefore, having been justified or made righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are made righteous, justified through Christ Jesus when we put our faith in him and we are clothed in his righteousness. It's not through the works. It's not by keeping up all these different types of actions. It is by having faith in Christ Jesus, putting our faith in Christ Jesus, and he makes us righteous. And this is how God measures us, which is our third question of how does God measure us? Proverbs chapter tw uh, 21 verse 2 says, every man's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 2 says, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. When God assesses us, he is coming to look within. He goes to the heart and to the spirit of a person to see if that heart, if his, if that person's heart belongs to him. So the bottom line is this. When God is measuring you out to see if you are upright, to see if you are just and righteous, he is coming to weigh your heart and spirit. 
It's an inward thing that your actions can't put a veil on. In order to be at plumb or aligned with the Lord, he is measuring your heart to see if a new one is there that he gave you. He is testing your spirit to see if his spirit is within you. He is looking to see if you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Bottom line, he is coming to look for his son within you. He is coming to see if you have faith in his son and if you are aligned with him. If your heart belongs to the Lord, then you will be found aligned to plumb with God. But if you give in to the desires of your flesh, if you allow hatred to consume you and possess your heart, if you give yourself over to other spirits contrary to the Holy Spirit, plain and simple, if you are living sinfully, you will be found askew. When God sets his plumb line, his judgment is coming with him and also his grace. For God can be gracious and carry out judgment at the same time. So the key takeaway from all this is daily find yourself spending time with the Lord. Your questions, qualms, concerns, hurts, angers, your affections, your joys. Find time to bring those all to him. Ask the Lord for his guidance and grace because it is he who will help us stay aligned and centered in righteousness and centered in his will. And if you're thinking, that's okay, that's all I got to do. I just got to bring all myself to the Lord. Bam, put my faith in Christ Jesus' awesomeness. No, that's not all you do. That's the first step. <laughs> you bring all yourself and you bring all your stuff to God. And then at the same time, be alert for his instructions and do them. We are made righteous in Christ Jesus. And from his righteousness flow actions of righteousness out of us that are led and guided by his spirit. He gives us instructions of what to do, how to do it, etc. I'll leave you with this. Titus chapter 3 verse 4 7 says, But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Christ Jesus our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we will be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Because we have been justified, made righteous through Christ Jesus, we have the hope of eternal life. And in the same way, there are others who also need this hope. God is going to set up his plumb line. He's going to measure people's hearts and spirits. And if there is someone in your life or if you know others out there who are not aligned to plumb with God, those who have not given their life over to Christ. Here's some quick practical steps I want you to do. One, pray for them. Pray for their salvation. Pray that they would be aligned to God's plumb, that they would surrender their hearts and their spirit to the Lord, that they would give, that they would put their faith and trust and hope in Christ Jesus, that they would repent of their sins, turn from their ways and turn to God. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. Ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit, how you can share the hope of eternal life that is within you, that you have for others, to others, especially during these times. It is so needed. It is really needed. There, These are distressing times, but we have the hope of eternal life. We have the hope of glory within us, Christ Jesus. You may be clothed in righteousness, but there are many others who are out there waiting also to be clothed in righteousness through faith in Christ Jesus. So that's all I have for you. Seriously, when God sets up his plumb line, he is coming to measure hearts and spirits. He is coming to see if people are aligned with him. And uh, so I urge you to intercede. I urge you to pray for uh, people's salvation. I urge you to reach out to those who uh, do not know the Lord. 
uh, or if it's acts of if it's if it's uh, a relationship that you need to build, then begin to do that. Because without God, we'd be dead in the water. We'd be on on our way to uh, hell. But praise God, he saved us by his grace. It wasn't our own doing. It was by his grace. And the same grace that saved us is the same grace that could save others. I pray that this would have blessed you and urge you to continue to fight the good fight of faith. Continue to fight to spend time with the Lord and continue to be in his word. With that, love you. God bless you. Peace.